Welcome to the Complete Leader Podcast, giving leaders the tools and information they need to grow and change their worlds. Now here's your host, Dale Dixon. Futuristic thinking, imagining, envisioning, projecting, and predicting what has not yet been realized. Welcome to the Complete Leader Podcast, everything you need to be a high-performing leader. I'm your host, Dale Dixon, in studio with Ron Price. Ron, great to see you. It's good to be with you today, Dale. And um, I really, I love this topic of futuristic thinking. It's one of those areas that I depend upon for uh, my job as a chief innovation officer looking to the future. It's also one of those areas where I find significant struggle. And how do you really look toward and and have some level of expectation of what the future holds. Yeah, and you're not alone, Dale. This is a struggle for a lot of leaders. And um, it's an important skill to develop because our world changes so fast right now. If you just think back five years ago or 10 years ago, how much has changed? And most of us are going to have, a, these days, we're going to have a 30 or 40 or maybe some of us a 50-year career. If we're not thinking about the future, we get left behind pretty quickly. So it's really an important skill for us to develop. So in talking about that and, and the work you do with, the leader, with, with leaders and the assessments you see, what's the overall average, so to speak, on the, on the ability yeah, to we, be a futuristic thinker. So, so we don't only think about these skills or think about developing them, but it's important to us to have ways to measure them. So we have a d- series of different assessments that help us to measure somebody's futuristic thinking skills. And one of the biggest studies that we have, that we've taken a look at, if you were to score people on a scale of, say, uh, zero to 10, the mean in the United States for futuristic thinking skills would be 2.8. So what does that mean? That means that on a a possible scale from zero to 10, half of the leaders that we have research data on scored themselves below 2.8. So it's a very poorly developed skill in most leaders. There are some of our studies that move it up a little bit higher, but it's always below 50. It's always what we would call, if we were back in school, a failing grade. And I'm convinced it's not because leaders can't become futuristic thinkers. I'm convinced that there's some very specific reasons why most of us don't develop these skills. So what are some of those reasons? Well, one of them is we're so busy. (laughs) Futuristic thinking is about you have to sort of get away from all of today's urgencies. We would like to say it's important, but rarely urgent. And most of us get trapped in firefighting and the things that I have to get done today. And so we're so busy. Maybe the things we're doing are important, but they're also urgent that we don't spend enough time thinking about things that are important, but we don't have to get them done today. I I like to define urgent as something that's got to be done within the next 24, 48 hours, or I'm disappointing somebody. And I like to define important as something that three years from now, I'll care whether or not I did it. And so much of what we do on a day-to-day basis in three years, we won't care whether we did it or not. And we won't care in five days. Yeah. And so futuristic thinking is one of these things that you'll care in the future. You'll care two, three, four years from now if you spend time developing it. So that's one thing. I think a lot of times um, we're so focused on productivity. So if you're in a public company that's traded with a, with a public stock, what's happening? The analysts are deciding whether or not it's wise to buy your stock, and they have a huge impact on your resources. So if they say it's a buy stock, all of a sudden you've got a lot more money to work with. If they say, oh, I don't like this company, then 
you don't have the resources to work with because people aren't buying your stock. Well, you know, analysts, I've, I've had several people from Wall Street tell me this. Analysts only care about three things. They care about whether your revenue is going up quarter to quarter, so every 90 days. They care about whether your expenses are going down, and they care about whether or not the stock has a potential future of going up. That's all they care about. I was in a, I was in a meeting with leaders from all around Southeast Asia. I, it was in Shanghai a few years ago. And the head of strategy for this global company took the first 45 minutes of the day. And then I had the rest of the day to work on leadership development. And futuristic thinking is one of the things we were going to work on. And this strategist, this head of strategic planning for a global company for the first 45 minutes said, I know you guys have core values. I know you guys like to think about new products. You like to think about how you're going to grow globally. The truth is the analysts that dictate your future don't care about any of that. Only these three things do they care about. Increasing revenue, decreasing cost. Is the stock going to go up in the future or is it going to go down? So this is a big reason why we don't develop futuristic thinking as a skill because it doesn't get rewarded by investors. Now, in the long run, it will. But, and of course, there are some global leaders that go against the grain with this. And they say, I don't care what the analysts say. We're going to do it the right way. But the, there's tremendous pressure for us to focus on what we're getting done today or this month or this quarter that out leverages or it, it gets out of balance the importance of developing this as a long-term skill. So where we have <clears throat> so much around us now that reminds us that we really don't fully realize the future. If I would have put a telephone in front of you uh, 10 years ago and said, you will be able to completely manage your life on this device within the next 10 years, you would have laughed at me. Yeah. And in fact, if you had told me that I wouldn't have had a landline for the last five years, I would thought you're crazy. Exactly. So <clears throat> does everything that is happening right now, is it starting to change that and make us more aware of the future and more tuned in to the importance of being a futuristic thinker. I think it is. As a matter of fact, I think this score is going to grow over the over the next years. Not only because we see so much change around us, but because the next generation of leaders is a lot more comfortable with change. A lot more comfortable with um, looking at different possibilities and thinking critically about, I could do this or I could do that. And as much as those of us that are older like to complain about our kids or our grandkids spending all their time on their devices playing computer games. In, in fact, it does hurt their interpersonal skills. But what it does help is it helps their critical thinking skills. These kids that are playing on computer games two, three, four, five hours a day, yeah, I understand there's some negatives to that, but they are learning how to make better decisions because they can practice decision-making and see the outcome of it. And they get killed, but they don't really get killed. Mm -hmm. So they come back and do it again and again and again. And they're both developing conscious decision-making skills and they're building new neural pathways about thinking about the future. So I think we're going to see this score grow. Of course, for those of us that have been around for a while, we don't get to go through that experience. So we have to learn how to grow our futuristic thinking skills in other ways. So let's start off. Uh, what, what are some of the things that we can do to grow that skill in us? Uh, the first thing that I recommend is identify other futurists. Identify people who are regularly thinking about, writing about, speaking about the future and start paying attention to them. You could follow them on Twitter. You could get connected to them on LinkedIn or read their books. 
some of the futurists that have had a big impact on me. It goes all the way back to John Nesbitt, who wrote the book Megatrends back in the 80s. And I had the privilege of spending a week with a weekend with him in 1991, where I really got to learn a lot about how he developed his thoughts about the future. And so hanging out with futurists. Another one that I've read who, anytime he publishes something new, I read him as a guy named Glenn Heimstra. Uh, he wrote a book called uh, Turning the Future into Revenue, and he does a great <clears throat> job helping us think about how to think about the future. Excuse me. One of the things in his book, Turning the Future into Revenue, that he said is the things that will have the greatest impact on your future are things that you don't know and cannot know today. So it's not about predicting the future. It's about the mindset. It's about the tools, the skills that you develop in how to think about the future. And one of them is realizing something's always going to happen that you didn't plan for. That's part of futuristic thinking is being prepared for that. And then another one that I really like is Clayton Christensen. He's a strategic writer. He's a professor at Harvard, and he's written a lot about what he calls disruptive innovation. So he's talking about things that happen that upset a whole industry. And so he, the, the phone that you mentioned is an example of that. There are things happening over the last 20, 30, 40 years in automobiles that are part of that. The rise of Japanese automobiles was a very disruptive thing that he studies. And now this whole idea of moving toward pilotless automobiles. And of course, anytime you're moving through a period of disruption, not everybody's going to agree, but he's a great writer about this idea of disruptive thinking. So Ron, I'm going to pause you right there because you're missing an important book on that list and set of <laughs> authors, and it's called The Innovator's Advantage by Evans Baya and Ron Price, another <laughs> another book for us to add to that list. And I'll just, I'm going to hit that re real quick for folks. If you're adding, you're taking notes, writing these down, it's John Nesbitt, Megatrends, Glenn Heimstra, Turning the Future into Revenue, Daniel Burris, a uh, special technology, a focus on technology in the future, Clayton Christensen, a number of books and a Harvard uh, professor, and science fiction and other nonfiction you say yeah, yeah, you need actually, to be watching yeah, for. But, yeah, it's a good point, Dale. I should have thought of that, bringing that up. It, science fiction is sort of pushing out at the edges because a lot of times when you read science fiction, um, it may actually become true someday, but it's going to become true way out there. It may be 20 years or 30 years or 50 years. I, you know, it's kind of silly, but you can go back to Dick Tracy, who had a, a phone watch. Well, we've got it today, <laughs> but it took a long time to get there. So science fiction is interesting because it makes you think further out there, but you're really not thinking about futuristic thinking in a way that will probably be realized within a reasonable period of time. I think of it as sort of like plowing the ground for you to have more fertile ground for futuristic thinking. So those are all great. And let's hold off and talk about the innovator's advantage in one of our other podcasts. I just wanted to be sure that people had that on their reading list. Yeah, okay, great. And, Thank and you. Early on. So what are what are some things? I told you it seems to be a struggle. What are some things that I can be doing to grow this there are beyond reading and, and, and following the futuristic thinkers? Yeah, so there are, there are a lot of things, and we can't cover all of them in this podcast, so we'll do it in future podcasts as well. But one of the easy ways to do it that anybody can do is start at today and begin to think in the future in increments. So what am I going to do next week? Most of us can figure that out. 
Of course, we go back to Glenn Heimstrew, who said there's always something that's going to happen you hadn't planned for. Yeah, I understand. But apart from that, you can think about, well, next week I'm going to be in this town, or I'm going to be doing this with my work, or I'm going to be doing this with my family. Let's give credit where credit's due. That's futuristic thinking. But then go to next month. And then see if you can go to the next quarter. So one of the things that I do is I have goals for every 90 days in my work. I have five different key results for a year that I'm trying to achieve. So those key results are big ideas that I'm trying to advance in a year. And every quarter, I write new goals under each of those key results. So what am I doing? I'm doing futuristic thinking. What am I going to get done the next 90 days that's going to help me achieve? So then we go to the year. And then if you keep pushing out, eventually you get a little bit more comfortable thinking about two years or three years or maybe five years. And, And part of what I'm really wrestling with in my futuristic thinking skills right now is how clear of a picture can I paint for where I'm going to be 10 years from now? Well, actually, there's quite a bit I've been able to identify. But I started with a week... And I end up at 10 years. Anybody can improve their futuristic thinking skills by taking that pathway. Fantastic. All right. As uh, you said, we're going to cover this topic more in depth in future episodes of the Complete Leader podcast. Uh, The way this podcast works, really simple. Uh, We just identify and dive in deep to one of the core competencies that are identified in the Complete Leader, the book. So if you have the book, fantastic. You can follow along and and hear Ron's thinking on those core competencies one by one in the podcast. If you don't have the book yet, we definitely encourage you to pick it up. Any final words for us, Ron? Well, I've just commented anybody who doesn't enjoy reading, do it anyway. But to make up for it also, you can get The Complete Leader on Audible. And quite often when I'm working on a skill, even though I'm the one who read the book, I go back and listen to it because it informs me. It helps me to be true to the things that I've thought about and written about. Absolutely. So you can pick up the book on Amazon and Audible and uh, definitely encourage you to do that. While you are out and about and uh, working around the podcast, if you would do us a big favor, go into your favorite podcast listening app, rate and review the podcast. That would be a big help. Hopefully we have earned those five stars from you. Subscribe to the podcast so that you get the new episode each and every week when it is released. We definitely appreciate that. This is the Complete Leader Podcast, everything you need to become a high-performing leader. Thanks for listening to the Complete Leader Podcast. Find more online, thecompleteleader.org.